and welcome back to Life-Giving Habits from Seven Vineyard, where we are looking at things Jesus did and asking, if we did them too, can we become more like Jesus? And so can they become life-giving habits for us? Today, Mal Caladine talks about rest. Are you the kind of person who finds this easy and natural? Or are you too busy being busy? Whatever way you lean on that, do you do it all the time? Or do you change and get into a bit of rhythm of work and rest over time? It may be that you've never really thought about it like that. Well, Mal has got lots of questions coming up to help us think through where we are on rest. But first, he is inviting us to pray. Father, we, we know that each of our uh, situations are unique. And uh, we come to you uh, just as we are. And we ask that in this time, as we consider your word, you would speak to us. We invite you, Holy Spirit, just to come alongside us as you promise and guide us. Get our attention, convict us where we need to hear your encouragement, your comfort, your challenge, and your word to each of us in this season. Holy Spirit, settle, come alongside us. We invite you to increase in our lives. Amen. Oh, it feels like we could just stay in that place. For the, and that would be a good talk on rest. <laughs> I'd like you to do a, a quick, take yourself in for a service for you as a person. Yeah? How easily do you rest? Are you naturally, uh, basically, if that is the midpoint, yeah, right there, um, we all are naturally, apparently, uh, strivers or skivers. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the original um, personality test, the original Myers-Briggs that was done on the Prussian army um, basically came down to that, whether you were lazy, uh, naturally lazy or naturally conscientious. And, they, and that's what they basically did. And they put all the naturally lazy guys right at the front. <laughs> and they made the lazy and intelligent ones officers because the lazy and intelligent one as officers would do the minimum amount of work to get the maximum amount done, whilst the intelligent and conscientious, they, they did, made do all the work. <laughs> but that was the Prussian army. Anyway, there you go. Um, but they basically brought it down to strivers or skivers. Yeah? So a little moment of self-revelation. Yeah? If this is the midpoint, I'd like you to point with your arm... Are you more naturally, oh, I'm just perfect, me and Jesus, we're identical. Are you more of a natural striver, or are you more of a natural skiver? Reveal yourself now. Single man, reveal yourself. <laughs> okay, very good. Okay, a similar thing of a zero to, to how, how much are you intentional in your rest? Do you think that in terms of when you take rest, is it, uh, it's basically for me, I'm, I'm very organized about it, or I'm mainly reacting to my situation, and rest for me is a recovery thing. Do you see what I mean? So it's I'm intentional, or I, I, it's a recovery thing. Single man, reveal yourself. 
which way? Okay, good. And then finally, um, how much do you, are, are you, yes, I'm really strong on having a, a Sabbath. Having a day of rest is a really big deal to me, and I'm going to put it in place, and I, I guard it very, very strongly. And how much is it I rest when I can? Yeah? Do you see that? That's the spectrum. Ready? Single man, reveal yourself. Okay. Very good. And one final piece of revelation linked out of that conversation. How many of you would say, I'm too, overall, just as we're talking and thinking about this, I think I'm too busy. I've got too much time. Which, which is an issue for a lot of us, yeah? So too busy, just about right, too much time. Go for it. Okay. That's interesting. Nobody has noticeably gone there. Oh, a couple of people. Good. Hooray! Hello. We'll explain why that's good in just a minute. Um, sociologists, some sociologists say that we are the most overpressured society in culture ever that busyness is seen to be a good thing. Yeah, we lived in America for three and a half years. The average job there has... Um, t- uh, you, you, the number of statutory days holiday you get standardly in a job is 10 days holiday a year. Uh, the minimum here is 20. Yeah? 10 is normative, and in certain industries, like hotel and catering, um, in the first year of a job, you get no holiday apart from state and uh, you know state holidays bank holidays and you earn the 10 days after after a year of working for that company but if you go and then work for another company than the one you worked for previously which is a lot of people do there's a high turnover in the first year of the new company you get no days holiday isn't that mad so the average days holiday in america is 10 the average is 10. You normally gain a day each year that you work long-term for somebody. So some guys do very well. But the average in America is, uh, is 10 days holiday a year. We, we're, we can be called the most overcommitted um, society in history in terms of our time, in terms of our energy, and in terms of our money. You know, we're, there's more debt, there's more, um, you know, both on a big picture and on a personal picture. We're, we're overcommitted, generally. Our culture and society points to overcommitment. So to think about rest is quite a countercultural idea when the message of our world is driving generally in this direction. This is effectively driving in this direction. Do you see what I mean? Have you ever been in an elevator where you've got to a floor and, and you thought, floor six doesn't exist. Floor six doesn't exist because the door's open behind you. Have you ever done that? And you've been there, press, I've done this, and you're pressing the button going, and the people are just watching you going, where's the door? <laughs> and it's behind you. Yeah? That's the truth, I think, of this, uh, this whole area. It's, it's a pantomime truth. That when we think about rest, actually the answer is behind us. Yeah? And we're desperately looking that way. When it's behind us. We'll come on to a scripture in a minute to look at that.
Um, the most quoted scripture, the most quoted scripture at um, funerals. Anybody know? Psalm 27. The Lord, uh, sorry, Psalm 23. Phew. <laughs> Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, uh, I shall not want. He lays me beside green pastures. He quiets my soul. He restores my life. The maddest thing, I think, about Psalm 23 is that it's about the living, not the dead. Psalm 23 actually finishes with, you know, surely goodness and mercy will be with me all the days of my life, and I will rest in his courts forever. Awesome. But it's about being alive, not being dead. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? That we think that he lays me down beside and he restores my soul. We assume that happens when we die rather than when we're alive. There was a guy in our church in the States who'd been really, um, he'd been, he had, an ex- he had a death, he, he nearly died on an operating theatre. And, uh, and that's how he came to faith. Um, he actually experienced hell when he uh, when he has uh, this near-death experience, and it made him really, really motivated as a guy. He was like, really, he wasn't a striver at all. He was a huge skyver, and every chance he could get, he would, he would tell people his, the story of him coming to faith, and he'd tell anybody, he'd be going, I was drinking, I was whoring. He'd say it to everybody, including when he t- went and talked to the kids' church. <laughs> And that's serious. Mummy, what's whoring? <laughs> Tell you later, darling. <laughs> um, but his, his catchphrase, the thing that he would always say, is rest when I die. Rest when I die. Uh, his marriage is now over. His kids don't trust him. Now that he's five, ten years into this striving faith journey. He may be resting when he dies, but the fruit of his life is not working. Do you get what I mean? But I think a lot of our world is we rest when we die. We get this cloud and, oh, it's lovely, there'll be harps and all that kind of thing. I don't think that is a right theology of understanding rest. Psalm 23 is about the living. So I want to change this, and we're going to use that acronym of rest in peace. R.I.P. What does it mean to rest in peace? Um, Here's the first promise of Jesus, the R of this. Can we go to the the Matthew 11? If you look at Matthew, uh, Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Isn't that an amazing promise? If you read it in the message, it says, uh, Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That's one of the most beautiful lines, I think, in the the transliteration of the Bible of the message. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. What is rest is learning the unforced rhythms of grace. And Jesus promises he won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on us. 
So what does it look like to live in to, to rest? Is to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So the first thing I want to suggest to you on this RIP on the next slide is that rest is supposed to have rhythm. Rest is supposed to have a rhythm. It's supposed to have a regime sense about it. There's, a ryth- there's supposed to be a rhythm to our lives. There's supposed to be like a, um, what's that? Uh, like a metronome. There's so much. You look at uh, Ecclesiastes three. You know there is a time for uh, f- there is a time for, for 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 work, and there is a time for rest. There's a time for spreading things out, and there's a time for gathering in. There's time for rhythms in our life. Have you got rhythms in your life? Because I think the thing we often do is we keep going at an intensity and an intensity that when we don't have rhythm, what we do is we crash to rest. Yeah? And we talk about we recover, you know, rather than we recreate. Have you ever thought that in Genesis, that the, the, the creation narrative... When humanity was created on the sixth day, God said he thought it was good. And then it says he rested. So what's the first thing that humanity did? Man's first day, humanity's first day was the seventh day. Yeah? So the very first thing we did was rest. The first thing we did was rest. So how do we have a rhythm where our leading beat is to... um, Work from rest rather than rest from work. That's what I want to challenge you that the challenge of Scripture points to. Is that the leading beat, the rhythm of rest, is that we should work from rest rather than rest from work. What's the leading beat? Which takes me on to the, the next, the I. Rest is supposed to have intention. It's supposed to be intentional. So in the Ten Commandments, um, you know, we, we all pretty much know the list of the Ten Commandments. And Jesus says he came to fulfill them, not negate them. Yeah. And if you go to the Ten Commandments, which is in Exodus 20, and you look at what the Lord says about having a specific day um, that where we rest... Uh, This is what he says about it. This is what he says. That rest is supposed to be, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What interests me about the Sabbath, about this command is, um, the next ones are do not murder, do not steal, yeah? And uh, don't have sex with somebody who's not your wife, yeah? Yeah? All of those we put a fairly high bar on, yeah? We don't kind of go, oh, well, this week I'm going to give myself a break about having sex with somebody other than my wife. I'll be a bit more relaxed on that one this week. Murder this week. This week I'll be a bit more chilled about it. Do you get what I mean? We're, very, uh, we're quite strong on some of the commands, and yet this one... We seem to have a very sort of chilled attitudes towards. And yet I think the Lord puts it in there to say it's important. 
We're supposed to be intentional about it in the same way we're supposed to be intentional about thinking, how do I not murder people? How do I not go after somebody else's wife? And how do I not steal things? We're supposed to be equally intentional about rest. Does that make sense? Yeah? So I think it's a big thing. And finally, what's the P of the RIP? Rest is supposed to be planned. Rest is supposed to, be, to have a plan. It's supposed to have rhythm, it's supposed to have intention, and it's supposed to be planned. On the seventh day, one in seven days, it makes sense to have a rest and to have a proper rest. And the challenge of the rest of that verse in Exodus 20, it says, also make sure that the rest of your household and even the foreigners who come and work in your environment, make sure that they have a rest as well. I was really struck by that. The idea it's not just for me, it's that I'm supposed to be responsible for those who who are around me saying, are are you getting enough rest as well? I'm aware that I've I've been in London this week working with an amazing church. Um, Louis even came and joined me for the day whilst working in London. And uh, we're working with this great church and they had a, a Polish cleaner uh, come in, who was incredibly hard working, and she was such a sweet girl, and it was just the sense of these guys looking out for her, and saying, are you taking a rest as well? Not just, oh, you come and work for us, and uh, look after us. So rest is supposed to have a plan, it's supposed to have a rhythm, it's supposed to be intentional, it's supposed to have a plan. Once in every seven days, it says uh, that we're supposed to really take it easy. We're supposed to really take it easy. And then it even says, once in every seven years, um, we're also supposed to take it easy. So there's a fascinating idea in the Old Testament of the year of Jubilee. And basically, it says, for six years, when you plant and grow things, you see what comes up naturally. You sow, you reap, you do hard work. And then it says, in the seventh year, you're supposed to see what comes up naturally. I think that's a fascinating idea. The leader of the, um, uh, one of the leaders of Vineyard's training, um, a guy called Steve Nicholson, who is a really wise man uh, in the Vineyard movement, leads a church in Chicago. And uh, he talks about the idea of studied neglect. I love the idea of studied neglect. At certain times, it's right to see what comes up naturally. You know, I'm actually going to leave this be and see what comes up naturally. And in that season, in the seventh year, you're supposed to forgive things and let them all go. You're supposed to let things go. And then Jesus, it says that Jesus came proclaiming the year of Jubilee, the year of all debts being cancelled. The year of Jubilee was every 50 years, where there was every seven years you were supposed to take it easier. But seven times seven was 49th year, and on the 50th year was the year of Jubilee. And on the year of Jubilee, you were supposed to go travel the world and have a proper vacation and forgive everybody their debts. The year of Jubilee was, if anybody had a debt against you, you, you were supposed to forgive them in the year of Jubilee. It's interesting, isn't it? 
Mm, is interesting, Mal, yes. And what's also interesting is how the recording of this talk sort of stopped there. Now, I'm guessing the battery ran out on the gadget that powered the doodah that made the thing go round or mm, something like that. But if you've got time to rest now, why not bring this to God? How has he been nudging you or grabbing your attention in the last 20 minutes? What would you like to ask him? Is rest something you need more of? Or are you needing to find that healthy, productive rhythm of work and rest? And what about the people you spend time with? Could God have a rhythm of work and rest for you together? Maybe weekly, maybe for a longer time. What would happen if you took a break from striving and see what comes up? Hmm. I want to pray for you now that you will find life in rest as you trust God, as you let him lead you through it, to see he is giving you all the life he promised.